Hi everyone, welcome to my brand new podcast from Mommy's Crime Time. My name is Jenny and I am a stay-at-home mom who has a love for true crime. Um, The very first podcast that I wanted to do was a reference to a case that is very well known and it seems to be getting more and more well known and that is the Chris Watts case. Over the weekend, Lifetime Movie um, Network made a new movie that they released called Chris Watts Confession of a Killer. The point of this podcast is to point out, is it fact or fiction? Um, First thing I'd like to say is I'm in no way affiliated with Lifetime. Um, These are all my opinions based on my study of the case, based on what I saw in the movie, um, anything I speak about. um, If it's referenced to someone who has not been charged, they're obviously not guilty in the eyes of the um, investigators. This is just my personal opinion. The first thing I want to talk about with the movie was... One of the biggest things in the actual discovery and things that caused the biggest issues around this time between Shanann Watts and Chris Watts was an incident while she was here in North Carolina for a six-week vacation. She was spending the weekdays with her family and weekends with his family. Well, their daughter Celeste, who they call Cece, had a Trina allergy and could not have certain things. According to the testimony or text message that were recovered from Shanann's phone, there was a point where Chris's mom offered the other kids, or the other kids were eating ice cream or something, and it contained nuts. So Shanann made it clear that, you know, her daughter could not have those and it was life-threatening. She did carry an EpiPen everywhere she went for Celeste. According to Shanann's um, text messages, his mom basically said, well, she needs to get used to not getting everything she wants. You know, something like that. It made Shanann angry. So, um, the biggest issue I had with the movie was that the only thing they showed was a scene where she called Chris while he was home and she was in North Carolina and said to him that she didn't want the girl staying at his family's house. They didn't give any information on this backstory or tell what was going on. So, it really unfairly painted Shanann as if she just didn't want her kids around his family. And in fact, she had a good reason for it. I felt like he should have backed her on this. I felt like his mother should have said she was sorry, but apparently she did not. And it caused like a major rift in the family. Shanann's text from the discovery proved that she was willing to work things out, but his family blocked her on Facebook and refused to, you know, have anything else to do with her. Another issue I had with the movie was the way they painted her as being such a control freak. First of all, everyone has said that she was, you know, kind of bossy. She did like to have control. She was very organized, but I felt like they took that too far in this movie because one of my biggest issues was that they showed a spot where her and Chris were out to dinner and she ordered for him. And I felt like that was just over the top. Like they were just trying to paint her as someone she wasn't. And I wasn't okay with that. It just seemed like it was done in poor taste. I mean, did that really happen? Was it just drama? But either way, it didn't make a fair, you know, portrait of her. Another thing about the movie was they made it very, very clear that she was on her phone all the time, making videos and trying to promote her business, Thrive, which in the movie they called Strive. I'd like to say that, yes, she was on her phone a lot, obviously. She had a major presence on social media, but that that was her job, and she was making decent money doing that. She was bringing in an income. She was contributing to the household. She had a car allowance of like $800 for her Lexus. So although she was on the phone a lot, that was her job. 
Another issue was that they had so much attention paid to Bly. It was ridiculous. It was always showing Chris Watts drinking his shakes, taking his supplements. The patches were on everyone in the movie. It was almost as if they were trying to, in a way, blame the Thrive for having something to do with his attitude change, which is not supported. From everything that I have heard, read, and from speaking with a promoter of Thrive, he was wearing it correctly. It's vitamins. I don't believe it had anything to do with it, and I just feel like they put too much attention on that. Um, another thing I didn't like was it almost seemed as if they made Shannon Watts out to be a villain and Nicole Kessinger out to be a victim. It seemed like, you know, they painted an unfair picture of Shannon, but then the picture they painted of his mistress, it was almost like they were defending her, like she didn't know, like she was just so innocent. Chris Watts has admitted from his last confession in prison back in February of 2019 that she was aware from day one that he was married. Also, she had many searches on her phone when it was recovered for Shanann Watts and Chris Watts, some of them dating back to September 2017, although the relationship was not supposed to have started until end of June, June early July of 2018, so it doesn't really make sense with the timeline. Why was she Googling them before? Also, while Shanann was in North Carolina, Nicole Kessinger was Googling things like married man says he will leave his wife or having an affair with married man says he will leave his wife she googled wedding dresses for two hours this is not these aren't the kind of things that you would do if you were in a new relationship of only a few weeks if so she obviously has some issues something she was obviously obsessed mm -hmm. i don't know it doesn't really make sense to me it seems they were moving way way too fast <laughs> Um, they left out some important things, you know, between Chris Watts and Nicole Kissinger. There were things that he said to her, um, that she said to him, that really showed the true relationship, but it was not painted in the movie. So I was not okay with that because it just, they left so much of that out. It was almost like they were trying to do more of, you know, of course it's Lifetime. So it's going to be more dramatized, but it was almost too much drama and not enough story. Because the actual storyline is bad enough in itself that you really do not have to add to it. I mean, it's worse than any horror movie you've ever seen. It is horrible. It's sad. I mean, it's unfathomable for most of us. So I don't feel like they needed to add so much extra drama and nonsense when the story itself told itself. If you, In my opinion, if you really wanted to learn more about the case, if you wanted to see something that was, you know, true, you could go on YouTube and there are thousands of videos of the actual body cam footage of the searches of the canines in the home you can see all of this and i just felt like they had so much at their disposal to do this movie correctly and they chose not to another thing is i had small issues which these may be small nitpicky silly you know maybe it's my ocd but i did not like how the small things were incorrect like for example they had a spot where shadan was on the beach making a video for facebook saying hi we're here on the beach in north carolina when in fact, her family was on vacation at Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Minor, yes, but still, just, it irked my nerves. Also, when Nicole Atkinson came to the house and was looking for Shanann when she couldn't get her on the phone, one of her biggest revelations was that Shanann's shoes that she wore every day were sitting by the front door. In the movie, they showed Shanann carrying her suitcase and wearing those flip-flops up the stairs. This wasn't true. Again, maybe it is a small detail. But that was one of the details that let the police know something was wrong. Her shoes were by the door, her car was in the garage, her suitcase was unpacked. It didn't make sense. So just leaving that minor detail 
it just didn't make sense to me why they would, you know, not such a profound moment and letting them know that she really was missing and something had happened. Why didn't they keep that? Um, they almost painted Chris Watts as an abused man. It was kind of sickening. Like, oh, she was mean to him and she was controlling. Like, he was led to this. It almost felt like they were victimizing him, like he had been battered. And I didn't like that at all because him and Shanann had no problems in their marriage, according to anyone, including her text messages and discovery before his affair with Nicole Kessinger started. It seemed they were happy. If they were having issues between the two of them, they didn't disclose them to other people. So it just did not really make sense to me that he was a victim. Also, I didn't like how when she was getting ready to prepare for the trip for North Carolina, her friend Nicole had come over and made a comment about, oh, he's not going with you. Well, obviously, if he has a full-time job and has to work, he can't go on a six-week vacation. He was coming for the very end. So they almost had the character playing Nicole rolling her eyes um, like she didn't approve of Chris, which was not true. Another thing was her mom, when she was on a trip, Shanann was talking to her mom and basically making out like he was lazy, things like that. And her mom had some comments, you know, reference to that, which again, did not fit because no one knew they had issues at the early part of the trip to North Carolina. It wasn't until she had got a little bit more into the trip and he was being reserved and not talking a lot, not returning phone calls, not answering phone calls, hanging up on her, just not paying enough attention that she started realizing there was a problem and talking to her friends about it. So I did not like that. Um, the interrogations of Chris Watts, they were not exactly true to the case file either. If you read the transcripts or you read the discovery, it wasn't exactly how he said things. I won't go into all the detail on it, but I just thought it was a little exaggerated. Um, one good point that I do have, well, two good points that I have, is that they left out the murder and death of the girls, which I did approve of. I did not want to see that. I don't think anyone in the world wanted to see that. So I am glad they didn't cross that line and go into the murder and death of the girls, although they did have the scene where he strangled Shanann. I just was not okay with that part. Also, in the movie, they said that he, in his very first confession, he said that he saw Shanann on top of Celeste, and that's when he ran in and strangled Shanann, that he could see Bella was already gone on the monitor. In the movie, they got this backwards. They said that she was on top of Bella, so that's a major detail in his first confession, and I just felt like it should have been correct. If you're going to make a movie about a case that's so new, so raw, so emotional, get the facts straight or don't make the movie. Chris Watts' character was a very good portrayal of him. He was spot on. He did very good at the part. I felt like he was, you know, perfect for the role. I felt like the character they had as Shanann was too old. I don't mean that in a bad way, but... She looked a lot older than real life, and Nicole Kessinger was portrayed as like sexy vixen. So it almost made Shanann look dull and not who she was and glorified, which I know is a movie I know you want to show the mistress, but I just feel like they should have been true to character. This movie was denounced by the Ruzek family. I don't think the Watts family was happy with it either. I can't comment for sure on that, but I know that the Ruzek family, which is Shanann's family, were very, very upset by this movie. They said it did not have an act like an accurate portrayal of their daughter. And I would have to say that I agree with them after watching the movie. I just felt like they were throwing off on Shanann. It was almost like victim blame. I did not like it. I felt it was distasteful. I, I just, it, it did not fit. And in my opinion, I wasted two hours of my life watching this movie. It was a horrible life, that movie, as many of them are, in my opinion. 
But as I said, my overall opinion was it was not a good movie. It was not true to facts. There are so many more things I could elaborate on, but I just wanted to give you guys the overall opinion that I have on it and what I really thought. Um, again, I this is just my opinion. It's just me. Anyone in the storyline that has not been charged, obviously they're innocent according to the police. I'm not affiliated with Lifetime. It had nothing to do with you know what they do, but in my opinion, it was made in poor taste. I think to close this out, I just want to say that the most important thing to remember are the victims, Shanann, Celeste, Bella, and Nico, who are the victims in this. Chris Watts, Nicole Kissinger are not. I think we should remember them in our prayers. Remember both families in our prayers. And I'm hoping that maybe that this case will raise awareness on red flags to look for, maybe help someone get out of an abusive relationship. I know there are really no red flags here, but maybe it'll help someone realize the situation they're in. And if nothing else, it'll show us that you never really know who someone is. You should always be aware of those around you. And sometimes it's the ones that we are the closest to that will hurt us the most. I appreciate you listening. We will be having more um, podcasts in the future about the case, about the book by Sherilyn Cadle, the confessions that were just sent in, the Letters from Christopher book. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Nicole Kessinger. We're going to go in depth on this case. So stay tuned and thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.